This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. This is Titus, your host on the MVM show. We're actually sitting in... Matt from High Prairie Sportsman's living room at this moment, this very moment. If you want to call it a living room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting here with Matt and Heath and Harrison. Harrison came out here with me. If you guys see him on the videos, I don't know exactly when I'm going to drop this podcast. But anyways, we're out here, and we've just been on two very successful hunts, till hunts, early till season. And we're just going to sit around and talk a little bit about our hunts and um, – and just kind of fill you guys in on what's going on and the weather and maybe talk about the difference between Nebraska and California and stuff like that. And we're going to swap the mics around. we got two mics going right now, and we're just going to share a little bit and kind of give you guys our insight. Hope you guys enjoy this. And if you do, leave a rating and review in iTunes if you're listening that way, so that way we can uh, kind of know what your guys' thoughts are about this. Also, follow us on the MBM Show podcast group on Facebook. So... Anyways, before we get fully started, um, guys, go check out Matt's channel and subscribe to his channel for this content from this trip and also Mid-Valley Mercenaries, and you guys can follow us on any of our social media. So, with that being said, Matt, why don't you kind of like go in, we'll kind of go around the room maybe a little bit and what your guys' thoughts of, you know, the hunts and like the whatever, like the weather and okay. what you think. And you'll have to, you might have to get up like right in it a little bit too. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, so you know I've I've been text or yeah I've been texting Titus there for the last what is it probably a month yeah for just At pictures least. of ducks or well teal they've been here for a month or so and uh, you know I thought this spot was gonna be pretty good if we could hold on to the blue wings and yesterday you know there were still some around I think we've lost some in the last couple of weeks they've moved on down to Kansas or wherever. Um, but, uh, you know, we've, we've got a lot of teal still around where we were hunting and, uh, yesterday was awesome. We all shot really good for the most part today. I didn't really shoot too good, but we still got a limit. Um, and we got green wings now, so that's pretty cool. Always love seeing the green wings show up. Uh, but yeah, it's been, is that not, is that not normal? Like to shoot much green wings here? Not early, not this early. No, not really. I mean, we'll get a few, one or two. I think maybe last year I shot a total of six in the whole teal season, and you know we got twelve today. So wow! And then what? We shot like three or four yesterday. Yeah, something like that. Just the amount we saw today though is crazy. Uh, we definitely got to push at green wings. Yeah, as we said in the videos. But yeah, no, it's been a really good, really good two days. Hopefully the next three days will be just the same or better. I don't think they can get much better. But yeah. Heath, um, I think. It was good hunts. Um, the interesting thing about those green wings is we shoot green wings pretty much all season here. Like, we'll shoot fully plumed out green wings, you know, late into 
January, like the last couple weekends of the season, we'll we'll still be pounding on the green wings, which is weird because they're the smallest bird, but they stick around and they're they're a tough sucker. So, but yeah, it was good two days of hunting, good start to the season, that's for sure. What do you think, Harrison? We're we're the California boys out here, and have have you you've went to um, Canada and hunted, but is have you done any other states in the United States besides that? hunted nevada um other than nevada and california i haven't really hunted any other states i don't think in the, in the united states just those two but um I, it's it's a different kind of hunting you know i mean it's same concept but birds work different different habitat um birds we were talking we were talking earlier about how birds don't you know you, how you usually shoot teal and after that first shot is let off they flare straight up typically in here it's like they don't do that you know the birds pattern a little differently but it's, it's a good experience it was awesome you know we don't get to hunt too much flooded corn back home so we do have a lot of corn here <laughs> so overall it's a it's a it's a great time and fun hanging out with these guys so i know this is kind of like a ran like a random question but like do you guys have i know Birds still do flare and go up. I'm saying that, but for the most part, and we that may be something you guys think we're crazy even asking, but like, it feels like every time we shoot at till in California, they literally do straight up almost every time. Do you guys even pay attention to that? You're probably thinking we're just coming out of the blue with that. I don't, you know, I don't think I can ever recall a time that that really happens. Um, maybe the second or third week, if you're hunting down on the eastern side of the state like some of the more heavily war zone type areas, mm -hmm. they might do that. But just where we're hunting, there's not enough pressure, I would say. That might have something to do with it then. They're more just, they're not realizing what's yeah. happening, so they just get out of there and go for it. Huh? Yeah, and, you know, these are these are uneducated birds. These are uneducated birds. Yeah, right. So, you know, you, you're getting the first crack at them pretty much, other than maybe Wisconsin and Iowa opened the week before us, but mm. for the most part, most of these ducks have, haven't been shot at this year or yeah. at least for nine months. Yeah. Now that one bird from the day, it looked like that wasn't from being shot, huh? It was just a super young bird. At, like hadn't even filled out on its chest yet. Yeah. Yeah. We you think that's what that was. Definitely. Definitely. We shot one and it still had fuzz on its belly. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> Harrison said cradle robber. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I shot him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We just—he probably couldn't even fly. Barely. Yeah, <laughs> you just like, picked him up while you were yeah out there. No kidding. So I don't know. We could go around, round, keep round table like this because we do only have two mics, guys. Because flying out here to Nebraska, weight. In fact, I was one pound over on my luggage. I was fifty-one pounds, and Harrison's like, "Man, what are you?" What do you got in there, man? I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't take the whole sink with me, like, you know, but it's camera gear and all that stuff. It just adds up, and I had these mics in there and stuff. So these mics, as you can tell, they're not the lightest thing in the world, <laughs> but I'm, I should have brought four. So we're, you guys have to bear with us, and I'm just swap the mic around. But let's go around the room again about what you think, like your, how can I say that, your perception of watching our videos how California do you notice and see that the style's different? Like, okay, what they're doing, how they're doing it, yeah, is different versus what you. Let's talk about the difference between Nebraska and California. I guess probably the main thing that I notice the difference uh, that with you guys is, you know, your birds aren't getting; they don't seem to get as close. They don't seem to decoy as well as what we get out here. And that's not a uh, not putting you guys down on calling birds in or anything like that. That's just seems to be how it is in California. And I think you even allude to that in some of your videos. You know, you, there's so many people out there at refuge. Yeah. At the refuges, um, that the birds are just so skittish. You, it's tough to get them in. Um, that's probably the main takeaway I would say. Um, other than that, your birds are a lot more beautiful. Typically, you know, you got fully plumed out pintails and shovelers and all them other cool, ducks and when we get those that through here they're usually pretty dull looking and bland but those are probably the two main things i would notice from your guys's channel yeah you guys are towards the end of the flyway correct of your flyway yeah that 
that adds to the the plumage and you know that'd be a you know pretty much every hunt you go on you you shoot something worth I I wouldn't say worth mounting but you know something mountable whereas most of our season we're shooting ducks that are you know half plumed or getting into plumage and until you know late season and then at that point we're only shooting you know like I said green wing teal that are plumed uh, mallards that are plumed and you know by that time most of the pintails are out most of the widgeon are out um, you know the blue wings are long gone so we rarely if ever shoot any of those after the middle so it's just kind of kind of interesting how your flyway has a lot more you know where you're hunting has a lot more mountable birds and a lot more seems like you guys shoot mixed bags later in the season a lot more than we do you know most of our late season bags are mallards and green wings so but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah back to on the plumage um like you're saying about every bird could be mounted almost you know in california we shoot you know maybe depending on how much you hunt maybe a couple hundred birds a year and a majority of those could be mounted you know to like say these guys back here when they see them they're like dude that's a beautiful bird and we're like nah i've shot you know like we see we see that's all we see you know mm-hmm. we're used to seeing you look up and it's like a rainbow looking at all those birds and back to the whole uh getting birds close i think uh back here i noticed that and especially like watching your guys's channel the hunts are different as in you guys don't have as much pressure back here it's a lot of private land like how you were saying you know most of your land is private and back home we have quite a bit of public land and i think that's why we have I don't know if we have so many, maybe not more hunters, but more like what would you say, like pop, more uh, like a higher population. Condensed. Yeah, more condensed. And I mean, when you go, I mean, there's just up and down the whole valley, you know, all the way up north, Sacramento, up in the Rice, all the way down to you know where Titus is at, kind of the bottom end of the valley, I'd say. There's, I mean, refuge every handful of miles. There's there's people hunting all up and down the valley any day. And any shoot day you go out there, it's like fireworks going off. So birds are a lot more pressured. I mean, that's our goal. That's what I love to do is work birds and, you know, try to decorn, try to shoot them close. But here it's like they respond to the call a lot better. It seems like they're, I don't know, like I said, a lot less pressure. They're not as pressured. They have a lot more a lot more land to, to be on and not being shot at. As Matt likes to say, we don't like to shoot birds that aren't in our face. So he always, if you watch his videos, you you hear us giving him shot that all the time about, oh, they got to be in our face. And sometimes it's like, well, that bird is 20 yards away. Why did we not pull the trigger? <laughs> when they're closer, it's a lot harder to miss them. That's, that's well, what why I do morning? that. What about this morning? We don't need to talk about that, yeah. See, they're going too fast when they're too that close, though. So. <laughs> no, I'm just talking trash. We all miss this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I did my fair share of missing, hey, actually. I missed the ones that were the closest. The close ones are the ones I was missing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's in my DNA. I can do the 30-40. It was funny. I was laughing at Heath because there's a bird like 30 yards away, and I was like, take him, take him. And he's like, that's too far. I was like, what? That's like an average shot in California on the refuge system. <laughs> but, yeah, that's. I think that's our main goal in California. That's what I truly have a passion for is – you know, we, we, we hunt really hard in California. You got to do a lot of work to find your spots and try to, I, I, I try to chase mallards, which that's another different thing is in California, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know about prized, but more proud to shoot greenheads and you're more proud of it, you know, rather than here, they're like, oh yeah, dude, I got a teal, you know, cause they shoot mallards all year long and back home. It's, I mean, that's what I do is I try to chase mallards and. I like shooting birds close, but it's it's a whole different ball game. You know, and I was looking, I'm looking this up because I want I'm gonna have Matt look up what you guys, what your um, annual basically hunter stats are. I'm I'm not saying this is right, but I'm sure it's pretty close. We've looked at this before. It says on Realtree.com that duck hunting in California, and they actually I think they probably have all states, so I might be able to pull up. Nebraska, if you can't find it, Matt, but it's saying in the California number of waterfowl licenses sold annually in California is 53,500. And then we're harvesting 
statewide ducks, not geese, uh, 1.08 1. million a year, which is a lot. Like, I know Arkansas is like one of the top ones, I think. But 53,000 hunters in the state of California, I mean, that's that's pretty big. Um, it says geese per hunter, 5.4, and then ducks per hunter, 21.1. And I'm, I don't know, man, I don't know if that's the whole state. Yeah, that's that's California's. I'm going to look and see here. Oh, here, here we go. Here's Nebraska. Yeah, I just got it, too. Did you find it? That real Is it site. on that same site? Yeah. Okay, what do you got going on? So we can compare. Uh, so number of waterfowl licenses sold annually would be 15,000. Wow. That's yeah. a, is that a quarter? That's not even a, that's about a quarter. It's almost a quarter. It's a yeah. little under a quarter. A little what, under a quarter. What, uh, California. Yeah. And then you got 10.6 ducks per hunter and 9.0. Oh, geese per hunter. So we shoot more. Oh, way geese. more. Almost double the geese. Yeah. Which are? What's your goose limit? Are for darks? I almost. Ten. Okay. Ours is ours is five a day. And that's what's nuts. Yeah, we can shoot ten a day, but you guys is half. But you're shooting more. Just shows how many more geese, I guess. Yeah. Here, and I'm. That's pretty much all honkers, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean, we get snows too, but I'm assuming this is just dark geese. Yeah. Would would be the assumption. It has to be. You would think, yeah. I I don't know though, because we shoot so many. They shoot a lot of snows in California. Well, right where we're at in our county is like basically the the wintering grounds for our geese. Okay, literally. The thing is, it's all private, and <laughs> any if anybody's hunting, it's the old dairy boys. You know, like they're they grouped went to school with them, and they're only letting them go out there. So it's kind of a bummer. But so, what's your statewide duck harvest? It's the one at the top. Statewide is 124,300. Wow. We were 1 million. Jeez. I, that's crazy, though, because you're, it's crazy. So, what's your goose harvest, statewide harvest? 100,200. <laughs> yeah. So, we're, so it's, that's weird because I wonder why that's half. Because this is 200. I wonder how accurate this be, thing is. Oh, uh, who knows? I know. It could, they're actually right on my our numbers for like a season pass, one day license, all that stuff. They're actually pretty accurate. But the number wise, I don't know. Could be totally off. And then they, they do a ranking here too. Oh, really? So Nebraska's got a B for duck hunting. And then it describes it down below. It says uh, it boils down to a lack of public hunting acres on which to set decoys, which is what we said. Yeah. But. When you do hunt, it seems like you guys are really successful, like where you get to hunt. Yeah. So like Harrison keeps saying, there's a lot of more public land, but the fact of all the competition, I'm like, who has the better end of the stick here besides us having the plumed out birds? You know? Back, to the, back about the public land thing, I noticed when, when uh, Titus and I went online to buy our licenses before we headed out here, I noticed it said Nebraska resident. Your hunting license is what eighteen dollars. Yeah. And in California, our basic license is what fifty-two or like yeah. And then that's just just our license. I mean, all set and done, all set and done to hunt the refuge and everything. You're over two hundred dollars. You know you. Jeez. You have a season pass. What one sixty or something? One seventy-four for your for your uh, type A year pass. You know fifty bucks in your license another 25 and a federal duck stamp and then another what it was like 20 dollars or something for your for your state and then that's not even counting like we said putting it for for draws how much how much do you gotta pay to put in for those spots like you were talking about like the pits or do you gotta pay for that no that's free you're kidding me. it used to be a charge system years ago they moved away from that that was before my time supposedly um yeah now now it's just free you Go up there, you wait for them to draw, and then you get first pick. What you know, they draw numbers out of a box, and yeah, that's kind of what we do. Besides, you know, we have such a bigger system; it's all computer generated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we have a whole we have a whole online system. You know, like they draw, so I can put in. I can we can start right now. We can put in for reservations, and then two weeks before that shoot day, they draw, and that's like. We have your reservations, say, like, one of the places I hunt, there'll be, like, you know, 30 reservations. So they have one through 30. And then after that, you can lottery. You go the night before, you put your name in, and they'll do, like, kind of a second draw. So then after all the reservations go in, they get first pick. 
And after that, then you have your lottery to backfill, which, I mean, everyone from California listening to this knows that's primarily what a lot of people hunt. But, oh, and back to what I was saying about license costs, I could see a big difference, though, as in, like, when we were talking about public land in California, we have so much state-regulated public land that's that's managed, and I could I could see where the, the cost comes from. Like, I mean, a lot of a lot of people complain about the price, and this might start some hate. I don't, I don't mind paying. I mean, it sucks putting the money up front, but it's... I can understand why it's that expensive in California. We do have a lot of public access, a lot of places. So, I mean, I, I see the price difference there. Yeah, I got to, you know, some of our public ground is, the public ground we do have is, I wouldn't say poorly maintained, but just not like to the level of probably that your your refuges are. We have some waterfowl production areas down in the basin that, I think are maintained fairly well and flooded um, during the right times of the year. But yeah, I think, I think like you said, that, that price you pay is kind of paying to have good places to hunt that are public. You know, you, yeah, it sucks. You know, we don't have to pay that much, but also we don't have a whole lot of public ground that, that that money's going to. So, but yeah, we hunt a lot of, a lot of private ground and that's, you know, our hunts the past two days were private ground that we just asked permission. And so. And that's the thing. Um, you saying that, that's what causes a little bit of irritation from like the hunters because there's a lot of refuges that they're not maintaining and we are paying them to do that. So like they won't, like me and Harrison have talked a lot of times. I've talked to us about Travis Thomas. You know, we were like, well, why don't you just give us a tractor and a grader and we'll go down the roads and just run it down one and take out all the bumps and dips and all this kind of stuff. Where just kind of clean it up, you know, just to make it nicer. Now, there's a lot of refuges that are clean. They got gravel down. They clean out the pits. And they have volunteer days. You can go out there and help pick up, you know, shells people leave in. Pick up your shells, by the way. <laughs> so Someone's got to do it. But, um, you know, and, and the thing is, like, you know, when we're out there hunting, you guys brought that motion ducks uh, magnet and stuff for getting the shells or whatever, that's good because a lot of people, you know, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't take the time to do that. But, like, what's sad is we're, like, if we're in a pit or something, it's right there. You, They're right there at your feet. Every, all your shells are falling in the pit with you or on an island. They're right there. It's not like they drift away or got lost in the corner and nobody's picking them up. So, you know, we can get mad at the, the state for not, oh, you need to grade this, do this better. But then like, what? you got to do your part, too. To take care of your mess, pick your trash up, you know, stuff like that. And it's, you got to do it both ways, you know. Do you guys see that a lot, like, out here, kind of people take care of their stuff pretty good, or? I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's hit and miss. If you go on the eastern side of the state where there's more of a population, Lincoln, Omaha, those areas, I know they deal with a big, big problem with people littering and it's it's not just hunters it's fishermen it's just people that go out there um and you know that really irritates a lot of people that go out there to fish or hunt because you know we're going out there to enjoy nature not to pick up garbage from someone else because you're too lazy to carry your beer cans or your fishing line or whatever you whatever your trash you hauled out there just haul it back to your you know haul it back throw it in the trash can it's not that hard, but people are just so lazy these days. They can't even be bothered to do that. Yeah, same thing with what Titus was saying. And on public land, you know, we if I hunt a refuge, it's all blinds, and I get in the pit blind. Dude, it's like, I mean, there's shells and tinfoil and granola bar wrappers. It's just, and it, it's just so irritating, you know, because, I don't know. When I, when I want to go hunt, I want to have a nice place to hunt. Exactly, so, yeah. So, I don't understand why people do that. I really don't. They're just ruining it for themselves, and they're ruining it for everyone else as well. Oh well, yeah, it's like and it's like the people that vandalize the signs or decide to go tear up the roads on the exactly public access areas and in, in California. There's, I mean, I don't think there's any public land that we can have a quad on now. I mean, you know, everything's walking or on a bike. You can't have any sort of motorized mode of transportation, electric or not. And that's because I've, I've talked to people that, like, you know, years ago before I was probably even alive, they used to. And like you said, people go out there and they do donuts and a quad or something, and they just tear stuff up, and I don't know, they just don't have respect for it. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's they're like, it's not my land. Why do I care? Exactly. And oh, someone will fix it. It is. It's all of our is, land. I mean, we're, we're, you're paying for it, really. Yeah. And and back to the cost thing. I mean, I know a handful of guys. I'm actually really good friends with some of them that run, you know, that work for Fish and Wildlife and work for the state. And that's what they do is they manage refuges. And it's hard on them. You know, I've talked to them and it's it's just it, people thrash stuff. And on top of that, we have so much public land. It's kind of like a biting off more than you can chew type of deal where th- there's so much land to take care of. And it's kind of hard to get enough, you know, work to do it. They're kind of limited on how many guys they have. So it, everyone needs to do their part, whatever they can, you know, to keep the place clean. Exactly. So I got a bone to pick with you Nebraskans. Oh, boy. Why is there no sweet tea in this cotton-picking state? <laughs> well, we ain't in the South, so that, that'd okay. be your answer. Okay. <laughs> hey, but we've been having this conversation. I thought, okay, hold on now. Wisconsin has sweet tea everywhere. Minnesota has sweet tea everywhere. They're not, right? They're not South. So if I remember the map right, when I'm looking, at <laughs> so I, what? They just never moved in here, did it? Just I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you don't even know. I want to know the history of this, Matt. Well, you know, actually, <laughs> I could maybe part of that is we have this thing called Kool Aid that was invented here in Nebraska. So maybe that's why we don't have sweet tea is because we're all <laughs> drinking Kool Aid. <laughs> oh, you just took he just took us to an awesome restaurant, and the lady. It was funny that she even said that. Did you know she's like. I've been asked that. Didn't she say she was asked that already today yeah. a couple times? Yeah, she goes, like, yeah, I get asked every day uh, if we have sweet tea, and I got to tell them no. Because we went, they took us to a really good spot today. It was called Valentino's. Yep. Right? And and you guys said that's a staple in Nebraska. Yep. So it was kind of, it was like a brunch type thing because it had breakfast and like lunch. So me and Harrison, what, we had like a two full plates. Did you have a third? <laughs> yeah. Yo, you did have dessert. Yeah. So, okay. so I, I got what I get. I got first. I got biscuits and gravy and eggs and bacon, lots of bacon, big old scoop of it. And then I went back and got pasta, pizza, and I don't remember what else. Oh, waffle. That was kind of random with that meal. But <laughs> anyways, we were eating good, and yeah, Matt was giving us a hard time. He's like, "Oh, you guys were hungry, weren't you?" So yeah, dude. Not one of Matt's followers that or didn't he comment on you. He commented on your uh, Instagram post or something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Saw saw the Instagram and then he came and met us. That was really cool. Yeah. Well, remember he, he he said he walked in. He saw us going in the restaurant. He walked in and he saw us just like stuffing our faces. <laughs> so he's like, "All right, maybe I just won't say hi there. I don't want to interrupt their feasting." So he left. <laughs> and then Matt actually messaged him and told him to come on back. Yeah. yeah let's see. That was. Okay, let's yeah, we'll give that guy we'll give him a shout out. His name is uh Ken Pargett. I don't know if you even listen to the the podcast, Ken, but it's pretty crazy. We're all in the all the way in Nebraska and I don't and we were talking about this, like how how people are coming to each other's channels and you know what I mean? Like who would have thought and this is something I did want to bring up in the podcast we were talking about, who would have thought okay, for so for instance, guys, if you're listening that are listening to this Two years ago, you might be wondering who Harrison is. I don't know if you've seen him on. If you watch our fishing videos, you'll see Harrison on there. But you might be like, "Who's Harrison?" You know, you don't see him. You haven't seen him in the waterfowl videos, basically. But Harrison's been big time duck hunter since he can basically hold a shotgun. So, and you're what almost you're almost you're about to turn nineteen. But I not to make you feel awkward, but like Harrison's like a thirty year old man stuck in a nineteen year old body. It's kind of funny because. Your your teachers and everybody would tell you that in school, so you would think he was older than that. But anyways, um, so he's here, and all that happened too is he was actually taking. What you what was the bird a widgeon? It was a blueing, full, yeah, fully plumed blueing, uh, Drake that he shot and took it to Travis because Travis is a really good taxidermist, and he took it to him and I guess you guys got to kind of talk. Well, tell that story, and then we'll get into how. Maybe how we all kind of seen each other, and you know what I mean. Kind of get into that a little yeah. bit. So um, that whole that whole story started as I uh, actually I shot a blue wing. I don't know one day during later in the year, and I kind of hammered it, so I was kind of upset about that. And that, like I mean, two days later I shot like three in one day, and one of them was like beautiful. 
So then I, I text my buddy and I was like, hey, I he's a debt club manager at the okay. at the club. That's where I shot him. Uh, Rob Coker and Travis doesn't know him, but he goes, yeah, I well, I lost the guy that I used to have do my stuff. He kind of like doesn't so much do waterfowl anymore. He kind of moved up as prices went up and everything. So I said, hey, I need a guy. Do you know anyone local? And he goes, well, I heard good good things about this this guy down here in Outwater. So I, I messaged Travis on Facebook, and he said, yeah, come on by and drop it off. So I got done one day hunting, and I head over there, and I drop it off. And we got to talking, and he goes, yeah, one of my buddies that I hunt with, he's kind of starting to get into fishing, and he, he wants to do he, – he films, and he wants to do some fishing videos. So, I mean, Travis had my number, so I said, here, pass it on, and we'll link up. Maybe we'll we'll get out, because he said he didn't have a boat, and I was like, well, let's, maybe we can go hunt, you know, uh, fish the Delta or something. So, I don't know, you guys might have saw that very first video that uh, Travis and Titus came, and we went and fished the Delta. Kind of a bad day. Bad day to start off in Maine, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, Titus and I kind of grew to be friends, and we almost talked, you know, at least every couple days, you know, just... Hunting, fishing, whatever, guns, anything, really. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just kind of weird, the progression of everything. It's it's cool, though. I guess I'm saying all that to say that, you know, it's pretty neat how the outdoors and hunting and fishing is what really brings people together. I mean, what other of these activities do that, you know, that people are doing that? I'm not saying they're bad or wrong things, but it's just like it's not it's not the same. It is not the same group of people and not that we're any better or anything but i think that's what's going to keep it's obviously what's going to keep this alive is this kind of stuff and these relationships building and like that so like for you guys what um like what did you see like who's not necessarily just ours that doesn't matter but like like say of the flyways collective if you guys don't know about that um five well we have a sixth one but it's not been announced yet but we have five channels as of right now it's we, we can talk about it now. They oh, we announced can? it on the Duck Gun podcast. Oh, they did? Yeah. I don't know. That's Titus' sister podcast, by the way. <laughs> sister. <laughs> brother. <laughs> brother. Brother. Uncle. Podcast. Brother. No. <laughs> we'll call Uncle, Uncle Pete. So. No. Okay. Well, why don't you kind of talk? We'll talk about, we'll say that here in a minute. Well, I guess we'll announce it on ours, too. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. I haven't got to listen to that one yet, though. I think that one dropped the night before I was. Headed up here, and I didn't have time to listen to it. I think it was it, Wednesday, this Wednesday, yeah. Was it Wednesday? Yeah. Okay, I haven't got a chance. Usually he drops, oh, because it was a live one. Live one, But yeah. he hasn't dropped, he won't drop, he probably dropped the one yesterday then, like, actually on the podcast. Or next Saturday. Or next season, so it's yeah. still, it still hasn't reached a lot of people. No, but, no. Um, why don't you tell us who, like, tell us what got you into making YouTube videos and then roll into what, how you found other people on YouTube and who like who you initially started watching, whether it was Elliot or whoever, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for years, um, me and my buddies would go out hunting and be like, "Man, this is this is fun. We 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 should record this." There's just you know the memories and this. We just had some awesome hunts and stuff, and you know we just kind of just it was all talk, and then it was. Probably a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to actually try and do this. So I went and bought my first GoPro and then failed miserably at filming a dove hunt and then a couple of teal hunts. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need a second second GoPro for what I kind of want to do. And um, so I kind of just built up all my cameras and stuff from there and, you know, got off and running and learned a lot of stuff on the fly the first year and still learning. I mean, you never stop learning on this stuff. But uh, that's that's kind of how we started. It was just kind of you know we we need to record this, want to keep the memories, and if people want to watch it, that's fine. Um, if not, you know they don't have to, I guess. But and then another big thing for me is I just wanted to, you know, try to help people get into duck hunting because there's there's a whole population of people coming up, twelve, fourteen years old, or even people in college who've never hunted, but they're like, hey, that looks cool. I want to try to do that. And so one of the goals of my channel is to help them do that, help them to be able to go out there and do it by themselves successfully, or at least connect with someone and maybe they make a new friend and go out there and be successful as well. Um, so that that's kind of how the channel started and kind of what, what I try to portray in it at least, or sometimes I guess. 
Uh, as far as who I started watching, that's a that's a really good question. I would probably say you know I'd watch a lot of the grind, which I know that really isn't a a, a YouTube channel. But they were se. one of the few things that were out there. Foul reality yeah, and grind. Yeah, they, I mean, there wasn't was, a lot. There wasn't, there a, wasn't lot. a lot. And it wasn't that long ago. It was no, only like three, four no. years ago. There wasn't yeah. nothing. Yeah, and then you know, and then uh, I started seeing Elliot's channels and uh, Outdoor Limits channel, and I was like. Maybe yeah, I think I can. I think I can do this, and here we are. And I'm trying to think what the first video I saw of yours was, Titus. But shoot, that was two and a half, yeah, two and a half years ago. Now. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I, I'm trying to think for you. I, I'm, I'm gonna just take a guess. I'm not 100 percent sure this was the one, but what really intrigued me is that river, and that's why I think I've always been stuck on your your river spot that you have that video i always think like that is the cool i don't know why like i there's a lot of things i want to hunt the timber i want to do a lot of things but just for some reason you had a really good hunt on the river it was just a shallow water river or i say river but it's river bed but it, the water was pretty shallow in it yeah kind of, kind of spot we were talking about and i just thought i was like man I don't know. it just looked like a cool setting just your setup kind of on the side of a hill shooting down i was like man that looks really cool and then i I'm sure I don't know if I subscribed at that moment or just watched a while longer and subscribed. I don't remember what, but yeah, it was just a few channel. Like it felt like there wasn't a whole lot. There's definitely a lot more even in the last year. Yeah, there. It seems like they're popping up every day now, and uh, it, I, it's kind of like how the fishing thing went. You know, you had what was it, the Guggen Squad and all of them mm-hmm. first, and now there's tons of different fishing channels out yeah. there. But uh, yeah, but the, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get, grab ground. It seems like it's kind of one of those things. First, it's almost like a, a multi-level marketing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those first ones in kind of, yeah, it kind of yeah. is. But and it's just the way YouTube works. Just by analytics, it really doesn't have nothing to do. This one's better. That one's better. It's just like you get once you get momentum growing in YouTube, it just leeches and feeds off itself and it grows exactly. itself. You really don't even have to post after a while. Eventually, it'll come back and bite you if you stop posting. But but now, Heath, how did you, how did you get into, like, how long have you been into hunting? Like, when when did you get into it? Who got you into it? Like, all that stuff. Um, well, I've, I started out hunting. I've only been duck hunting for, this is my second season duck hunting. So I'm a yeah. fairly new duck hunter. I grew up deer hunting, turkey hunting, dove hunting, upland game hunting. Um, and, you know, I kind of just got into it through friends and just being, i loved being outdoors and you know that's hunting is a big way to be outdoors all the time and so I did that and you know I always was you know how I learned to deer hunt and stuff like that was from friends but I also was always watching the outdoor channel my parents always you know my parents and my brothers were always giving it because that was always what was on the tv if I was in the room and I had the remote was the outdoor channel and kind of the way I got into watching duck hunting on youtube was um, well, I met, um, Matt's sister and she told me about his YouTube channel. And so I started, tell, tell that story a little yeah. bit more detailed. Let's not leave those, um, de- <laughs> let's not leave those details out. We were laughing at this on lunch. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it was just kind of a small town, Nebraska, you know, you know, a lot of people, I actually knew her from, uh, previous years and then just kind of reconnected, um, when I was in college and started talking. So there's not a whole lot of. That may have been on Tinder, yes. Um, <laughs> brother, semi-brother-in-law wants yeah. to bring those kind of things up. Yeah, that may have so been how, on So how does she, tell us about how she feels about. Uh, um, yeah, she's <laughs> she's not too fond of the whole me going hunting with her brother. And, um, you know, we go back, back east sometimes and we're, you know, hanging out with her family. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm going hunting with your brother and your dad. And she's like, really, you should be spending time with me. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll spend time with you tonight once we're done hunting. And, and she, well, <laughs> hey, well, here's the thing, though. You know what? She better just get used to it. I'm talking tough because she's not here. I wouldn't be saying <laughs> But, hey, you know what? It, it's better to do this beforehand than afterwards and That's surprise them. Yeah, because yeah. I said, Sarah, Sarah, my wife, she, we've been married 13 years now, and she said, I don't remember you ever hunting like this. I said, I've been hunting like this since I was... Well, duck hunting since I was 15. I mean, I've been going out with my dad since I was five, mule deer hunting and stuff like that. So, yeah, she, I was like, you, you must have a bad memory. I said, you can remember a lot of things I do 
that aren't good. But I said, this is the one you don't remember because I've been doing this one. So, yeah, just break. I guess you got to break break her in. Yeah, yeah. Your, no, Matt, your whole fa- you, and you don't have to give her the mic because I'm I'm kind of asking you technically. But have you guys hunted your whole life, your whole family and stuff like that? My dad and I have. Yeah. Okay, so she's. Yeah, she she she's, doesn't really hunt. She's kind of, but she knows about she, it. She's yeah, used she, to it. She knows about it. I mean, yeah. they're. Yeah, she's yeah. shot a deer or two, so she kind of knows what okay. it's about. And yeah, Matt's been hardcore hunter forever, and yeah. you know her dad is actually currently in Colorado elk hunting. So you know oh, he cool. takes an elk hunting Sweet. trip every year. So she's she should be used to it, but yeah. she's they just gotta harass not. us. They gotta yeah. our time. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the the YouTube thing. So you know, I I always watched the Outdoor Channel for deer hunting and stuff like that, but there just wasn't a lot of um, duck hunting on on tv and and so i got starting watching matt's youtube videos and then you know it just got the itch of duck hunting and i was like man i got it and you gotta either duck hunt or watch duck hunting to kind of fulfill that and so i started just watching other youtube channels just kind of you know googling duck hunting youtube Mm -hmm. you know and finding all these channels and and you know i saw it started seeing your guys's pop up and i was like you know that's kind of interesting seeing other places how they hunt mm-hmm. you know like like we were talking earlier just kind of the different birds you guys are shooting that we weren't um and you know all the all the different ways that guys were hunting and you know watching i think your your layout boat hunt mm-hmm. that was that was pretty oh, yeah, sweet yeah yeah in wisconsin that was fun yeah that was that was one of the one of the first ones i think i remember seeing of your guys's and i was like man that's really really sweet so yeah that's just kind of how i got in just started researching and you know there's there's some that you see like you said there's a lot more popping up and you watch a video or two and it just strikes you as eh, this isn't really something that i want to keep watching but you find those channels that are good and mm-hmm. produce good content and are just fun to watch and mm-hmm. um you know you just stick with them so and being relatable we've been talking about that a lot i think and that's the thing is all of us in the flyways collective not and this is the thing right off the bat i want to make this very clear we don't think we're better or any than anybody else. All we're doing is just trying to be relatable. And sometimes it's kind of hard, like the way you talk, right? Like if if we were just in here talking right now, and I'm trying to be as I'm trying to be me right now instead of like to have this microphone voice, you know. But sometimes when a camera's in your face, it's not that you're trying to be different or be someone else. It's just a little maybe of the fear of it or the unknown or the awkwardness of it. So it kind of can change you. And I find myself doing that sometimes when I rewatch an editing video. I'm kind of like, I don't like how I did that because I was like, it was a little bit semi-staged. Not staged as in what happened, but like, hey guys, welcome, you know, like. And then you're like, why am I doing that? I need to, you know, like, let's just relax a little bit on that and talk like we're talking in here. That's what's kind of nice. Instead of talking to you over the phone, you know, we can know when one's stopping the conversation. Plus, we're looking at each other. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. We don't have that kind of disconnect that you get on, like, phone or camera. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but this is a lot easier to, like, talk back and forth because you get, you know, verbal cues and, you know, body language and all that stuff. So this is a lot easier. I'm sure I'm going to come off a lot more coherent in this podcast <laughs> rather than some of the other ones I've done. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and back to Titus saying, you know, the whole acting different, you know, in front of a camera type thing. The first, back to what I was saying, the first time uh, we actually met was when we did that fishing video. And he showed up to my house, I had the boat hooked up, he got out of the truck, and he walked up to me with a camera in my face. And I was like, hi, <laughs> uh, nice to meet you, you know. And it's, I don't know, it was just weird to get used to, you know. We got in the truck, and this big old light turns on, and there's a camera, and I'm like, what do I say? You know, and I'm getting more used to it, hanging out with them more, but it, it's it's different to get used to. You know, trying it's hard to, like you were saying, it's hard to like really act normal. You don't try to change anything. It's just it's different. You know, I think it's just more awkward. being awkward and, I mean, I the more you do it, obviously the more natural you can be. But if you take a big break too, like if I don't film or something for a month or two and I come back, I'm back to that like. Uh, you know, like brain fart type thing where you're just like, uh, how do I end this? How do I start this and be smooth? And and the thing is, you know, there's obviously you have editing, you can change out, but we leave, I think all of us are pretty 
decent at leaving in the misses, leaving in the mess ups. People, it, that's what makes it relatable. Exactly. Yeah. You know, duck hunting. You're not. You're not going out and you're not shooting six for six every day. That, no. It just doesn't happen. I don't know if I've ever done that. I don't think I. I can tell you, I've never done that. Probably. Yeah. And you know, when you see this video from today, you'll. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna make you feel better about your shooting because I went through a whole box of shells today, and I'm not I've gonna done put it a lot. Of times. <laughs> I'm not gonna put every miss in there, but I'll put a lot of them in there. And you know, that's what people like to see. They like to see the, you know, the downs and the highs and the, you know, maybe tomorrow I go six for eight or something, and I redemption or whatever you know yeah. that's and that and that's, people and people get into that as much as you do because they're watching it seeing like oh you struggled he struggled today but yeah, yeah and then the next day you 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 know you do really good and they're, they're as pumped for you as you are you know exactly yeah so it, it's just really cool what this whole youtube and even the podcast thing is doing bringing together every, well pretty much everyone you know yeah. we're, we're we've got communities here and we all just like talking about hunting and all that good stuff. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. When uh, when I first started, I mean, I've been hunting my whole life. I mean, as far as I can ever remember, I've been on been in the field and been on a bass boat. But I remember <clears throat> back to what Heath, Heath was saying about just looking up duck hunting videos when I first started getting into it. I wasn't, you know, when I first started out, I was really young. I was going into, going in, I think it was uh, either fifth or sixth grade. There was this gal in my class that, I mean, I was, I mean, like, we were friends, you know, we went to school together our whole life, but I, ne I never, uh, never really like hung out or anything, but you know, it's, I live in a small town. I live in Newman, so everyone knows each other. So one night at the back to, or, uh, yeah, it was a, like a back to school night type deal. I think it was, yeah, I think it was going into sixth grade. Her dad came up and was like, Hey, I know you hunt, you know, would you ever be interested in going hunting or something? Like I'll take you out. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be awesome. So we went out on a dove hunt. Yeah, I was going back to school because we went on a dove hunt here, in, like in the next few weeks, because we start almost at the beginning of September, and uh, and then um, he's like, "Hey, you, want, you ever want to get into duck hunting?" And I was like, "Dude, I've always wanted to duck hunt. Like, that's what I've always wanted to do." And my dad, none of my family has ever duck hunted, so you know, he took me out and immediately hooked. And then I started, you know, you know, when you're at home and you can't hunt, that's what you do when you're younger too, and you're not as busy. You just look up videos and watching as much videos and learning as much as you can, learning how to call. And then, I honestly, when I first started seeing, like, all these big YouTubers come out, I, was, I like, being honest, I honestly kind of thought, like, man, these guys are, like, kind of goons, you know? Like, <laughs> I see, like, people with a bunch of, like, a ton of, like, really bad clickbait, and it's, like, like, they're strictly just doing it for views and subscriptions. But then, you know, I really started hanging out with Titus and, you know, coming back here and hunting with these guys. It's, we're, they're, we're all normal people. I mean, really, like. It's like a family, and you know the hundred. It's 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 different, you know. When you watch the videos, it's kind of different too. But yeah, but we're we're all normal people, and we all are here for the same reason: enjoy the outdoors. But you know, the, I truly believe these guys don't do it for subscriptions and views. They have a true passion for hunting the outdoors and and film. You know, they actually enjoy filming and editing and making those videos. They do. They're pretty good at it. Yeah, I mean, and you have to. You have to enjoy not just hunting, but you also have to enjoy the filming and the editing part because otherwise the viewers can, work. yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work, but if you love it, it's not really work. No. And if you're doing it just to get views or just to get subscriptions, you're going to burn yourself out and, or make money. Cause I can tell you right now, <laughs> you, that's the, you, you ain't going to last. That's why you're getting into it. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. You, you know, not to say you can't make some money, but yeah. that's, that's not why we're in it. That's, you know, mm -hmm. We're just capturing memories out here and hopefully helping people learn how to hunt. Or Do you feel like Matt or Heath, whoever can answer, you both can, and since you haven't been around as long, you may not have noticed it as much, do you feel like it's almost made you a little bit better of a hunter? Possibly being a little bit more under the limelight to where people are watching you and picking things out like, you know what, I've had to do that. Like I've had to admit, like, you're right, Like I didn't even notice that. And just, this is a stupid example, but, like, someone was like, you're a bird claimer. And I was like, I am kind of like that because I'm like, I'm so jacked up about the hunt. I've heard myself in a few videos. It's not very often, but there was one video. I was like, yeah, I, I feel like I got that one. Or I said I got that or something. And I did, like, two or three times. And I was like, when I was editing that, and some of it I even left out, I was an, it was annoying. Like, why did I, why am I saying that? 
Like, and clearly with the shot cams, I could see that I didn't even hit it anyways on top of that. And I would, I would put in there that I didn't like, I, I think it was a monsoon mallard one. I, I claimed a couple and then I was like, well, I don't know. Kind of as I was then was him Han, but then the shot cam absolutely did not hit that. And I put in the video, like I did not get this, you know, like I wanted to clarify that, you know, I don't know. It just, it made me a little more self-conscious about not trying to hide anything about being a little bit more open and, and admitting the wrongs that maybe I have did, or maybe just whatever, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, to go, go first to go off the bird claim thing. Um, you know, we, I guess I do that too, to an extent, like, especially when I'm hunting with Devin, we'll both say, Oh, I got that one or I got that one. And more people I think should do that because that is the law. You're supposed to have your own, you know, party hunting is illegal, at least in Nebraska. I don't know about everywhere else. Party hunting? Party hunting is what they call it. So basically a group of four guys like what we did today, mm-hmm. we just go out and keep shooting until we got 24 birds. Oh, no, meaning you need to count your own. That's You it. need to count your yes, own, yes, right. which is why we do yes. it on our videos. Um, but but that's better anyways because I want to shoot my own birds. Exactly. And if you, you know? get a band or something, you know, right. or a hybrid, you know, I got that one. Well, uh. you know, we'll go to the tape on that one and see. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you, you, you don't want to – I don't know. Some people do it. You don't want to do that. It's illegal in most states, I think. But, um, but yeah. To your other point, um, I do find myself that you know people a, a lot of my calling. You know, like why don't you do this or why don't you do that or, um, you know, there there's no you're not concealed enough and stuff. And we might address it in the video too why we're doing it that way. But it gives you things to think about and. Mm-hmm. Um, Another great example. I'm sure I'll probably get some shooting tips here in the next week or two. <laughs> so <laughs> and and some of it will be, but yeah, a lot of some it will, will be, be helpful. Stuff, yeah, you know, helpful. If, if someone can help me, you yeah. know, learn what I did. I think it was the wrong shells personally after looking at those FPS. But uh, well, well here's the thing though. With saying that, that talking about lead, like I know my thing was the first day. I did way better today, but yesterday I know a fact. I know before I even looked at shot cam anything. I absolutely was shooting behind the birds. Like, if I go to do shoot skeet or whatever, because I like skeet a little bit better than trap. That's just me personally. It's just a little bit more like birds to me than is trap going away. And I'm terrible at shooting birds going away from me. No. (laughs) No, no. No, I'm just saying, like, I like doing both. But skeet's just a little bit different angles and all that stuff. But, like, the one thing I'll always do in skeet is I'll shoot behind. Like, I've had guys, like, really good shots stand, like, right on my shoulder and watch it behind I was like, stop saying behind, you know? Like, I know I'm behind. But it don't, why don't you fix it, you know? Um, I don't know if you guys know, but I shoot a lot of competitive trap skeet and sporting clays. That's what I've done my whole life. And we'll, we'll go out. Like, my dad and I go shoot around a sporting clays. And, he, you know, he'll, he'll shoot, like, zero out of eight on a station. He's like, dude, what am I doing? And I stand behind him, and I'm like, behind it. No, I'm not behind it. I'm eight feet. You're behind it. I'm eight feet in front of it. Then put ten feet of lead on it, you know? And, <laughs> and that's just sight picture, though. You know what I'm saying? Because 10 feet, is it really 10 feet in front of them? You know, when you're lead? But in your mind, if you have to adjust by feet, by uh, bird length, you know, some people do bird length, whatever that is, may this be a shooting tip for this, just for myself. It ain't 10 feet sometimes. Maybe it is. Like, But I'm just saying, right, but I'm saying in your mind, you got to adjust it however it's comfortable. You just need to know. You need to go farther in front of the bird. Especially if you're shooting, went from 1500 or was it 1550? I was 1550 yesterday. Because Super X? Yeah, Super okay, X. Okay, yeah, Super X 1550. So the day before you were shooting that, and then you dropped down to 1300, that does make a difference. You know, this last season, I, um, last few years, I got a really good deal on Black Clouds, and I was shooting, I've always shot like ounce and a quarter in at least 1400, ounce and a quarter, 1400, 1450s. And then my buddy, he had a, a case of these Kents. And they were same thing, three inch, but they were ounce and three eighths. So it was more shot. There's they're fours also, but it was they're ounce and three eighths, and they were only going thirteen hundred. And he's like, you know what, you know, try them. And I actually, I real, I knew because I've been shooting like you're talking about. I've been shooting sporting clays and everything, and I understand like lead and velocity makes a huge difference. So I I shot them like mainly for like you know teal teal shoots, you know, real real close shooting. And it's it's a night and day difference. Like when I did shoot him, you know, maybe like a thirty yard bird on a widgeon. It's I mean, 
another like two feet of lead. And when you're when you're saying perspective on like is it really like ten feet from shooting sporting clays, we kind of refer to it like that because when if you were to actually like at that thirty yard target, if you put the thirty yard target there and where you pulled the trigger, it's actually probably ten feet between where the shot would have been, you know, and the bird. But in your sight pictures, you know, probably like an inch or two, you know. No, 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 would be bashful. <laughs> you got go ahead, Heath. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, back to the you know whole being on the YouTube channel and you know picking out misses. I'm not on enough videos really that I see, but there are a few things that I pick up that I'm like, man, I you know I shouldn't have been doing that. But there's also just watching other YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, there's there's some YouTube channels where I see some, uh, you know guys shooting over other guys heads and decoys mm -hmm. and stuff and i'm just like you know i see them doing that and i was like okay i gotta make sure in my I mind do i don't do that yeah. you know i just yeah it's kind of just watching the videos and then you know putting that into my own hunting of that's good you know point. just the things that i do to make sure you know i'm safe and and i'm not you know making mistakes too just mm -hmm. from other things that i've seen other people do you know. That's a really good point, and 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 muzzle awareness is hard. It's actually tough in the field because I'm a super safe guy about the muzzle, but like I don't remember if it was yesterday. My gun was empty and everything, but which doesn't matter at all. I don't care if your gun's on safe, empty. You do not let. I think I said sorry or something, because I would I had it over my back shoulder like mm -hmm. this. Well, I didn't know it. I'm talking to Matt, and you were walking over like this. Well, before I knew it, my muzzle. Uh, puzzle. <laughs> my muzzle was basically almost right pointed towards you, kind of up and stuff. It, like I said, it was empty, safe on. It don't matter to me. It's you got to treat the end of that muzzle like it's a laser that's going to cut through someone and kill them. You know what I mean? That's how I've always been taught. Plus, military was even more apt on that. And it's just like you can't watch it enough in the field duck hunting because people are always moving around. People are going behind you. Didn't know they went over there. This and that. So. I think mistakes are still going to be made no matter what. Like you could be the most, you could say you're the most perfect person with awareness, but you just can't. It's you can't always be. We're human, you know what I mean. Another, another big thing getting on the safety is uh is hunting with a dog. You know, growing up, my dad and I hunting dove and pheasant. We actually never had a dog. Well, main reason we didn't I had a, my grandma lived with us and we couldn't have one. But um, I remember that guy that got me into. The duck hunting the first time we went dove hunting with him we were you know sitting down in our chairs underneath some almond trees and he had a chesapeake and you know two birds came in over the canal and we dumped them and the dog broke but when or i take that back it was actually before i even shot i didn't even think about it i was still sitting down or kneeling when i shot and you know and you know he wasn't a jerk about it he was like dude you just you really need to be careful because I, I never hunted with a dog so i never really realized it back then and this was when i was probably like 11 or 12 but you really got to be aware of a dog, especially if you don't have one. You know, say, like, I'm sure you're more aware because no. you have one. And I have a, a dog for dove hunting. I have an English pointer for pheasant hunting and, like, all the upland. And I'm, like, super aware of it now. Like, I hunt a couple of different pheasant clubs and public land. And I take – I don't so much take guys, but I'll run my dog for guys out there. And they have their – you know, they walk around, and you're taught in hunter safety either muzzle up or muzzle down. I 100% believe in muzzle up, especially when you're hunting because you got dogs. And, you know, your dog's always on the ground. So, and there's guys that walk through the field, you know, like, ready to shoot with their gun pointed down, and they don't realize it, and they're pointing the gun right at the back of my dog's head, you know. And I, I get on them pretty hard about that. But, yeah, like you were saying, you really got to be careful about your muzzle being in the field and being safe. Oh, always treat a gun as if it's loaded. That's what I was taught. No matter if it's unloaded, breech open, whatever, it's treated as if it's loaded. Mm -hmm. And then, And then when it is loaded... You're treating it at, you know, as such. Yep, you're already treating it the same. That's that's how I was taught. I've heard some guys that are new, not I wouldn't say newer to guns, but just not being around people and hunting and stuff. And they're like, well, they're like, sorry that it happened. Like if they flat, you know, but my but my safety was on. I was like, dude, I don't care if your safety was on or not. Like I I don't care. And I, and I'm not putting like I said, I've made mistakes on accident. You just don't. You're not thinking. Your awareness level's not there. Whatever it may be. Maybe you haven't slept in 48 hours. No, I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm just teasing. But no, it's. A, it, I don't care if you're 80 years old and been hunting for 70 years or if you're hunting for one year. You know, like we all can make that mistake. And 
of the movement and people around, man, you just got to be, you know, you got to be careful out there. But yeah. I guess I don't have much more to add, you know, like I yeah. think you guys pretty much covered it. Just, yeah. It's all basic gun safety, just yeah. hunter safety stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just different though. Like if you're out, like if, I mean, it's not different safety, safety, but like if you're at trap range, you're, you're facing that way. You're, there's a, there's a down range there. You're facing that way, but in your field, everywhere, every mm-hmm. and anywhere up, down, left, right. I mean, everywhere's where, you know, birds could be. So maybe not trying to beat a dead horse, but you really can't be cover safety enough. It's such a, such a main thing. And I guess I just brought that out cause I felt bad that, you know, I don't even know if you even noticed that Heath or not, but when that, that happened, but it was just kind of like, ah, man, sorry. You know, it's like, like, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. So, and I've seen that in videos, like you said, I've seen that kind of stuff. I mean, we could, <laughs> we could get dive deep into that. And I don't think we need to about people just doing completely idiotic things. Whose videos, Titus? <laughs> you didn't call me out, man. No. <laughs> I think we all, if you watch any bit of YouTube, I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this can figure that out. But, you know, and it's not saying, like I said, it's not saying we're perfect or anything like that. It's just something we just really got to watch and care about. And the next generation on top of that, because the, if these guys are 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, maybe younger than that, are seeing this, that is not okay. It's You cannot, we're, we're letting them see this and think that's the norm, and it's absolutely not the norm you know that's another great point um I'm, I'm still young obviously and i was lucky enough to grow up around some really responsible and respected hunters in my area you know a lot of people that are they're you know some of them are 80 years old they've been doing it their whole life and that was one thing my dad has always taught me and i was fortunate enough you know that my dad hunted and taught me that was was really being safe and you know how how, how to handle a gun really so I don't know what we got left on the agenda. We might get closer to wrapping this up. We still got three more days. We'll probably do another podcast, hopefully one more, maybe before we get out of here. But um, I know we're going to hunt. Let's see. Today's Sunday when we're recording this. We're going to hunt till in the afternoon on Monday, till in the afternoon on Tuesday. And you said you took off, Matt, yep, on I Wednesday? took off Wednesday, so we're going to do another morning hunt. Sweet. Huh? I know we're we're we must yeah. be something if Matt's yeah. taking a vacation day. So I don't think we're getting to get the privilege of hunting with Heath anymore. So it was been cool hunting with you, man. I didn't realize you said you had a four hour drive over here. No, I just had two two, two hour two. drive. Either yep. way, that's still coming out your way. Yep. Yeah. No, it's it's always a fun time coming out here, and I think I might have had planned to come out here before you guys were, and then oh, okay. then when he mentioned well, that yeah. you guys were, I was like, oh yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. So right, yeah, and I didn't I didn't even think that you were coming up there for that because we were literally, I don't know if anybody even knows this, it doesn't really matter, but we were like, I think it was only two weeks before that we could even say. So I mean, you could, you probably been talking, you and Matt probably been talking about this for months. Well, it was last year when. Matt shot two limits the first week by himself, and then we came. I came out the second week for teal season, and it wasn't as good. And I was like, okay, I'm on the calendar. First weekend of teal season, I'm going out west. <laughs> opener, opener, there. I'm out west. So, yeah, I've been talking about it for a while. So, and it lived up to its expectations. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you did a lot of solo hunts that last teal season, huh? Like, did you do the? I'm trying to remember your opener. You were you were by your no no no. You were with Ben Page, weren't you? No, no, no. I was. Or that. Oh no, that was El, El Elliot. Yeah, that was Elliot. Yeah. No, I was. I was all by myself out here. Man, um, that's rough. Yeah, for three days. It was whacking. So I, yeah, had to had to deal with my own crappy shooting by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a good time. We didn't have near as many as this amount of till last year that we do this year, or at least I wasn't in the right spot. I never hunted this place that we're hunting right now, and. uh so, <laughs> so what you're telling me is if we, I came out here and it was good. So I know I'm not a bad luck charm. I don't think. So yeah. if we go to Kansas and it's bad, who are we going to blame for that? Well, I th- there's one YouTuber in the Flyways <laughs> Collective that is known for skunks. So I think we could just point him out. You know? Poor guy. We're always lucky. <laughs> We're always harassing him. Yes. He's going to, I don't even know what, I, know what I'm going to have to deal with him because he's going to ride me for the whole time. Hard time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think he I'm voting for him to get his pintail this year. We everybody teases him, but 
No, he he, and everyone's giving him a hard time saying they're gonna shoot it out from under him. Yeah, yeah, that's saying we're gonna (laughs) shoot. So now it's gonna be a great time, guys. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed um, seeing the videos with us collabing together. It's it's been awesome. It's been fun. I don't know. I, I think you're you might be booked next year, man. I think you got a few more YouTubers that are gonna try to get out here for <laughs> Oprah next year. So I might have to put it on the back burner next year or something. I guess what's that? <laughs> Harris and I got we we might have some type of like I'm gonna have to hit the gym with Titus. I'm gonna have to hit the gym, get ready. We're gonna have to in case we have to wrestle anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to arm wrestle or something like that. So I'm not very good at arm wrestling, so you, you guys have a good chance, but <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, I think we covered kind of quite a bit. And I said we'll we'll drop another podcast here after this one. It'll probably be Monday when you guys are listening to this. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I know we've enjoyed our time out here. And like you said, just conversating face-to-face instead of trying to do it on the phone is kind of it's tough. Like you don't know the cues, like you said. Exactly, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, this is, this is nice. I like, yeah. I like this a lot better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. You know when someone's done talking and said an awkward silence, like, are they done yet? (laughs) So, anyways, guys, all right, thanks for listening in. I hope you guys uh, take the time. I would appreciate it. If you go leave us a rating and review, let us know, even if it's a negative one. If you, you know, I I don't know how much you guys are probably getting some feedback on these mics and the cords from us moving them around, passing them off to each other, but doing the best for what we can in this situation. So, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys on the next one. Can I add one thing? Add it. Okay. Hey, guys, be sure to go message Ben Page and tell him that you want the MVM show for his number one spot this, year, this week. Amen, brother. <laughs> we're going to get we're gonna uh, get number one. That's what that's the goal. That is the goal. He'll probably do it because you were on here. I'm thinking <laughs> that. Because we hit number three because you were on our podcast. If you oh, is that, that how that works? Okay. I, I don't know. That's the best one we have. See, we're not we were, the hunting collective, though. I Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we are part of the Waypoint um, uh, collective right now, and... So you can go on there and listen to a bunch of different things, and you'll hear that drop after this completely ends. There's a little segment on there to go check out a bunch of other uh, podcasters and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, we want number one, Ben. Number one. Number one. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. So <laughs> now I and I, I this is the now this is gonna be the true test because we did that at the beginning of that podcast. Yeah. Did he? Does he listen to the whole podcast? We'll see. Well, this. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. See you next time.